this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. It's Tuesday, 16 May in the Earth of 2023. We're jammed uh, this evening. I want to start with our own Natalie Winters. Natalie, uh, you're at Tim Pool uh, in a little while. Uh, walk us through. Uh, this is a big, big deal for all of us. We love the Tim Pool show. We love their audience. Love Tim Pool. The entire his entire uh, collection of characters, I would say, and what I refer to as the Harper's Ferry compound. Give us your assessment today. What do you expect to to to, to get, get uh, to talk about on Tim Pool tonight? Joining their program, I was supposed to go on the show a few weeks ago, but unfortunately, because Pete Buttigieg was so bad at his job, my flight was delayed and then canceled. So I ended up not being able to make it. I'm sure there was probably some intentional interference, maybe on the Biden regime's part or maybe the Chinese Communist Party. So this has been a long time coming. But I'm very excited to be joining. I have to say, you've sort of, I don't know, gotten my my hopes up. I don't really know what to expect. You've made me think they're a, a band of of some wild people, but I'm excited. I guess <laughs> that's what, what I'm used to no, <laughs> in the war room. <laughs> no, this is not, yeah, that's, it's it's even more gonzo than the war room. This is definitely not Palm Beach. A couple of things, you know, these hearings, I just want to hear, do you, you know, we've had the AI hearing today, uh, the 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 uh, oversight committee. Give us your assessment of how you think things were seen. You've got a couple of stories on Zuckerberg and Ukraine board. I want to talk about in detail, but I, I want to get your assessment of the Durham reports out. Do you think that we're being aggressive enough on these hearings, on these investigations? And if we're not, what is your recommendation to leadership of how we kick this thing to gear? Because I think the the Durham report to me epitomizes just the, the, the limp rag, wet noodle way that Republicans go about this, ma'am. Yeah, I, I don't think we are firing on all cylinders. And I think part of it is that they want us to be demoralized. So there's, I think, a lot of conflicts of interest going on there. And I think, as we know, it's not just that we have rhinos among our ranks, but we have people who I think are just frankly okay with losing and are okay with putting out strongly worded statements and letters and white papers uh, as opposed to actually firing back. Um, I, I think the press conference that Comer and the oversight gang had was was good in the sense that you know the information that they're uncovering is stuff that has been around since at least 2014, probably spans way before that. So they really have made, I think, an impressive crusade, really a blitz into the DOJ, into the Treasury Department to get these records out. But I think it's just hard because, you know, the war room posse, the activist crowd who's so immersed in this since the days that the Hunter Biden hard drive broke has known a lot of these stories, these details of corruption. So I think that's why there sort of feels like there's a lag going on in terms of actual action. Um, but I mean, concerning the Durham report, you know, I think there's a, a faction of Republicans who are okay with just being vindicated and it feels good to know that the Trump-Russia collusion was a hoax. But 
I don't really buy into the whole mindset that we need, whether it's the mainstream media or Durham, to really validate what is reality, what we see around us. I want to see Schiff, Swalwell, all of the people who purposely exploited and weaponized the fact that they were having secret briefings, classified briefings in the skiff, um, and would then go on media and say, oh, well, I've seen information that no one else has seen, so you basically can't fact check me on this. And there's incontrovertible evidence that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. If these people, frankly, I think they should go to jail, not just for election interference, but for waste of taxpayer funds and for, frankly, treason. Um, but if we don't see these people at least testify in front of Congress, I think it's fair to say uh, that winning the majority in 2022 didn't really amount to much. You, um, you know, you, you got started in, you were at the University of Chicago, but but being back here in D.C. In it, and then you went to Palm Beach for a while, South Florida. You're back as an embed now because of these investigations, because of the hearings, because of that. What's the sense that you get, even in your first couple of weeks back here, of the of the staffs and, and the people who are doing it? Is, is there esprit de corps? Are they despondent? Because there's all kind of questions. Is, is, the money's been allocated, but it's not being spent like on the weaponization committee. is still very small. Some of these committees are not fully staffed out. And I'm hearing conflicting things. Some of the people are super gung-ho and they're working 24-7. Others that they just don't see it happening right now. And there's not this sense of like the Democrats. There's not a sense of just playing smash mouth. What is your sense after being back for a couple of weeks? Yeah, I hear conflicting messages too. I obviously speak with a lot of members and a lot of their staff on the Hill on oversight, on weaponization. And there just doesn't seem to be the same appetite that the left has for actually going after these people, or it just sort of seems that the defense of, oh, well, my hands are tied, I'm just one member, I can't really do anything, sort, sort of seems to, to reign supreme. Um, but in reality, I don't actually think that's the case. I also think when you really get into the personnel side of things, um, there's been some very interesting reporting how a lot of the holdovers, at least on weaponization, a lot of people who used to serve on the January 6th uh, special committee, uh, that they're still basically working and staffing these committees. So I think if you take the axiom that personnel is policy to heart, which is a, a valid thesis, I think in terms of the obstruction with some of these committees, it might really, I think, kind of boil down to personnel in the sense that a lot of the staffers who are supporting this effort, they don't actually support it to their core. Um, but I don't, I don't know, and, and there's, it's not often that I come on War Room and, and say those words, I don't know. Um, and I, I think there's a lot more to unpack there because it's, it's sort of a weird sense that I get from people on the Hill when I speak to them because they say that they want accountability, they want to have these hearings, they want to go after Fauci, they want to go after the Biden family, they want the evidence, and the evidence is there. Um, but there just sort of seems to be a disconnect. I don't know if the problem works its way all, all the way up to leadership, if it's sort of the controlled opposition critique of Kevin McCarthy. I don't quite know what it is. Um, and like I said, those aren't words that I, I say often. Um, but some something is is not right. And nine times out of 10, you know, my background is in Chinese Communist Party infiltration. Uh, but it's not just the Chinese Communist Party that has chosen to infiltrate the ranks of America and the Republican Party. I, I would say, based on, on my best guess, that I think a lot of the staffers on these committees, like I said, who are holdovers 
um, from either it's the January 6th committee or, or even previous kind of Democratic led investigations, um, I think that might be some of the holdup. The swamp, you know, doesn't drain itself uh, by choice, let alone easily. You know, we had the AI committee hearing the first time. Of course, Zuckerberg has put, you know, really bit his company on this. You've also got Carrie Lake, this heroic effort of Carrie Lake to kind of fight this on the signature verification. So get her day in court starting tomorrow. Walk me through your walk me through uh, Zuckerberg. You've been the one, I think, investigative reporter has been on him from the absolute very beginning. Walk us through your latest story. Yeah, I hate to be the bearer of, of more bad news, but unfortunately, they are up to their old tricks. People may recall the Center for Tech and Civic Life. This was the several hundred million dollar organization uh, that used their funds to increase turnout exclusively, if not 99.8% in Democratic districts in favor of Joe Biden. They were accessing mail-in ballots before uh, actually election day. They pushed for basically universal vote by mail, everything, the, the left's kind of ultimate fantasy when it comes to how to run an election. And I, I use that term lightly, election is doing a heavy lift there. But unfortunately, CTCL has rebranded into another rather innocuously uh, sound named group, the Alliance for Election Excellence. Um, and this group is now using its $80 million war chests to actually give grants, very sizable grants, to local election uh, offices across the country at the county level, and hang, buy hang them. On, hang, on, hang, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. I thought after you beat these guys in the last <laughs> and exposed all this, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought he and the wife came out and said, we're never going to do this again. This might not have been appropriate. It's uh, Didn't they come out and pledge? Maybe I missed it. Didn't they pledge that they weren't going to be involved in that again when you caught the, the half a billion dollars they basically spent to rig the last election. D didn't they promise and swear they didn't, they weren't going to do it? Is this a workaround or is this, are they still saying, no, we just rethought this and we're going to be involved? Well, just because Mark Zuckerberg says something doesn't mean it's true, I'd argue. It's, it's probably the opposite. And in this case, I think it really speaks to kind of the left's apparatus when it comes really to any social issue, climate change, you name it, but really elections. And it's sort of this, much like the Biden family, but this shell game of nonprofits and dark money flowing around. And it's because they don't want it to be traced back to these entities who, once their missions and their agendas are exposed, like the Center for Tech and Civic Life, it's so clear that they can't use their self-described nonpartisan or independent labels. Um, and frankly, when you start actually getting intense scrutiny on these organizations and you see the level of funding that is going into these election operations, I think the narrative, the notion that these people are operating altruistically uh, really just falls apart. And I think Americans can actually see these operations for what they are. And it's election rigging. It's basically privately funding, if not outright purchasing elections. So they've had to be a little more creative. I will happily wear it as a badge of honor that the Center for Tech and Civic Life is sort of a semi-defunct organization. I know one of their co-founders recently stepped down and they, they don't do as much, at least when it comes to the mail and ballot drive. Also, they did accomplish a lot of their goals, but they have sort of had to rebrand. But unfortunately, they're doing the same um, really nefarious agenda. In this case, the story that I had up had to do with how they were giving out grants to county level election offices 
to purchase them basically extra storage space and facilities where these offices could then catch this store ballots and election tabulation machines uh, in the run-up to the 2024 election. Keep in mind, this is the same group whose predecessor is still, I think, engaged in, in court in a legal battle because they illegally accessed mail-in ballots that people had used to vote uh, before election day. And there was a whole scandal and controversy that they were bullying local election officials. So I think it just it speaks really to to pay for play politics. And usually I use that term to talk about the Biden family. But in this case, we're talking about the actual administration um, of elections, which is something that should obviously not be politicized, let alone in the hands of Mark Zuckerberg. Well, we saw what happened last time they gave this money at the local level. Do you believe it? We'll let you go. I know you get ready for the Tim pool of it all. The 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 are we. Have we learned the lessons? I mean, you see this and you see how brazenly they're doing it and they understand at these deck plate levels and we say store space for ballots and tabulators machines. I mean, you just triggered the audience, right? Half the audience is not going to be able to eat tonight, right? Uh, I can sell a few more my pillows because they're going to need something to help them go to sleep. Um, are we prepared? Is your sense as you've followed up that they're just so brazen, they'll put another front group up, they'll funnel the dark money in somewhere, because they understand what works. And that's why they continue to invest in this. Do you get a sense that um, responsible independents, Republicans, just good, good citizens groups, fair voting groups are on top of this in these key states? Do you get any inclination that people are following this as, as you report, hey, they're, they're, they, haven't, they haven't apologized, they're not going to apologize, they're going to lie and do a misdirection play but continue to fund this stuff? Well, I think it's the critical distinction between ballots and votes. And I think the progressive left is very much concerned with the realm of ballots, right? You don't actually have to link them to an individual, whereas our side is still very, very, very intently focused on the concepts of votes and wanting to kind of play a, above bar, which in some ways is good. But when, when you're up against, you know, it's not just that it's the RNC versus the DNC. We have the RNC, which is effectively controlled opposition. It's pretty weak. Meanwhile, the DNC is always firing on all cylinders. But the DNC doesn't really even do much when it comes to election administration. Right. The DNC is just sort of, I think, one, I would say, component of a broader left wing apparatus that really goes back. And like I said, it's the same if it's any social issue, climate change, abortion, you name it. Um, but it really is it's not just dark money, but it's dark money that then distributes these groups, not just to political advocacy groups and lobbyist groups, but these are, you know, take the Durham report, for example, there's a strong NGO link there and these nonprofits, which, which really subscribe to this kind of wash, rinse, repeat propaganda news cycle where they're spreading, I mean, demonstrably false talking points about whatever the issue is. Um, and they are really going after really the heart and soul and the mind of the American people to distort the way that they think about these issues. Uh, meanwhile, the best that we have on our side is, you know, heritage and no disrespect to heritage, but they, you know, put out a white paper and they have a small you know, task force of a few people tracking election crimes. That doesn't matter when the left controls, you know, every millisecond on mainstream media and they have a war chest of, you know, at least a billion dollars uh, to quite literally privatize the entire election system from start to finish. I mean, they have nonprofits who several of them 
that exist specifically to just create templates of mail-in ballots to make it easier for immigrants to vote. And basically that's code word for people to vote for Democrats. So they really have, I mean, engineered, reverse engineered this, I would argue kind of socially engineered um, voting to work for Democrats. And meanwhile, I guess we have uh, the RNC, if you can even count that on the conservative side of things. So it's, it's not a fair fight, but we'll definitely keep exposing um, all of our shortcomings with stories like this about Zuckerberg uh, at War Room. Unbelievable. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get you on tomorrow, talk about the Ukraine story, plus the, the hot wash up, and we'll play some clips from if your I make it back. time at Tinpool. Couldn't be more. <laughs> if you make it, well, maybe broadcast from there. I don't know. It's a, uh, it'll be, it'll be, um, it's not Palm Beach, let's say that. Um, it's not the Seminole Club. It's West Palm Beach. Um, the, or the, the Evergrade Club, right. Um, Natalie, how do people get to you on social media, the site, all of your writings, all your social media? I'm Natalie G. Winters on all platforms. Thank you for having me. Natalie, thank you. Look, uh, Good luck tonight. Look forward to watching it. Thank we'll you. be doing live stream of Tim on Getter. Uh, Captain Bannon and uh, Grace, myself, Zirkel, will all be on there to, to follow it. Um, Liz Harrington. Liz, I've got you on here. I want to talk about polling. Liz is a senior communication strategist for Donald J. Trump. But i gotta, I got to ask you about Natalie's reporting and her investigations. I mean, do you believe, and look, you were an RNC. You were a spokesman for the RNC for a long time. Do, do you believe that either the RNC is on top of this or even the Trump campaigns on top of this? Because people are we're going to talk about some polling that's incredibly powerful for the president. But we got to face reality. We're going to get right back into the same situation. Is your sense that someone's on top of this right now because there's hundreds of millions of dollars by the bad guys flooding into the system into what into what uh, Natalie said, ballots versus votes. Liz Harrington, your thoughts. Well, thanks to Natalie. Great reporting as always. And as it stands right now, I'm not confident with the RNC um, doing much of anything to get a hold of this, which we've now had years to really get infrastructure in place and to combat this full-scale rigging, which is what it is. Um, and it's not just this Zuckerberg group. I mean, they have completely stacked the deck uh, in all these battleground states and changing the rules, uh, changing, rigging the election procedures. And it seems like we have the grassroots army uh, working in living rooms, going, scouring through voter rolls, but we don't have uh, the big guns, which we should. I mean, the RNC has a ton of money. Um, so, do, so does our campaign. We have infrastructure and we are working on this issue. I, in particular, am looking at this issue really hard and trying to get the right people in place to kind of mobilize these grassroots armies because we, ha we have the people that have been putting in the hard work. Uh, we just haven't had the people at the top of things that have been, you know, using those resources wisely. Instead, they've been, you know, wasting our time. I mean, what did the RNC do with Arizona? I mean, there were so many signs in 2022 that the same thing was going to happen, that there was going to be malfeasance. And yet they just, they said that they were going to be there. And yet when <laughs> the sabotage came, they just ran away. They didn't do anything. So 
I'm not very confident right now as it stands. However, I think there are things we can do to uh, get the correct plans in place. I mean, all we have to do is just thwart the plans of the Democrats and the Uniparty. We see what they're doing. We, we've seen it before and they're ever evolving. They're going to manipulate everything they can. All we need to do is throw a wrench in a couple of their plans and we'll have a shot because we know we have the voters. We know we have the people. Uh, we have the best candidate. Uh, we have the truth, but we're going to have all these forces stacked against us and we need to be smart and tactical, tactical about how we're uh thwarting the Democrats. Pre plans pre in the United pre States. President Trump is President Trump's awakened to this. I mean, his he comes out on the ballots versus the votes and the practicality of not. Ha Look, we've had his election stolen. Carrie Lake's in court tomorrow. And I really want to give a hat tip to her team for not just not giving up, but really keeping the central part was this, was the was the uh, the the signature verification. There's so many other aspects of the game day vote of which they stole it. But this is the one that I think you can actually prove in court and turn this thing around. Um, it, it, is it your uh, opinion that the president himself is is very focused? If he's focused, then the rest of it will, will fall in place with leadership like yourself and the rest of you got a great team. You got Chung, you got Jason Miller, you got Susie, you got some some great people. But is President Trump, because he gives the rally speeches, is he now, he kind of gets the joke and he understands how they stole it from him last time and how he's got to stop the steal this time? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he knows exactly what's going on and he's committed to just getting us at least, you know, he said it in his speeches um, in New Hampshire recently. He said, you know, I don't even want you to campaign for me. Just help me make sure that the counting is legit. <laughs> I mean, just help me make sure that we're going to have a semblance of a fair process here. And I'm not worried about anything else. So he knows uh, exactly what's going on. And you're right. We do have great people that are around him that are very smart and know um, what needs to be done as well. So we're working on that specifically. And I think uh, we will be much more prepared uh, come this time because we know we can, we know who we can rely on and we know who we can't. And I think that's an important learning process as well. I mean, when 2020 happened, I mean, it, it certainly, speaking for myself, it opened my eyes just to how duplicitous, how corrupt our system was and really people you thought were on the up and up and okay were completely the opposite and so if we have one thing we we have that silver lining that clarity yeah. that has come with time and and true merit and showing who the real people are and i think we're gonna really lean on them the real people to to fix this because we otherwise we won't have a shot right we have to make sure we have a legit process uh, the closest we can uh, in order to make sure we can fix any of the other problems in our country. I, I like you, by the way, we're, we're about three minutes from the break, and I want you to, I, I know you're carving out time for us, so I want you to stay through the break because I want to get to this. We had Rasmussen, Mark Mitchell from Rasmussen on this morning in the show, and it just blew, the numbers blew me away. 70 to 17 among independents about, they know it's an invasion on the border. Two-thirds of one-third of the American people now, and these are likely voters, think that 
there's an invasion on the southern border. Even I think 30 or 40 percent of Democrats, every of the FBI, if you look at all the main topics, you know, President Trump going after the administrative state, if you look at all the big topics, I mean, these things are breaking to the high 50s to two thirds. I mean, these are blowout. Now, some it's got a seven, a 70 handle on it. When you also look at the polling of President Trump, there, there's something going on here. So before we get into specific numbers, you've been with him for a couple of years now. You travel a lot, too, I know, to some of these rallies. Tell me what's going on. There, there's, it looks like, and I've argued this for a while, but you can now see the shift mathematically. It's been out there for a while. Is there something going on? Is, some, is there some new spirit, a new revival of the Trump movement? Because these numbers are blowout numbers. These are not close. What, what, what are you sensing? Well, I think it is. I think it is stronger than it's ever been before, really in an environment that's never been more hostile and never been more uh, unfair. I mean, if you look at the media coverage, those numbers are stunning because they haven't been covering the invasion on the border. I mean, people are having to seek it. Well, they live it. So they don't even really need the media to tell them anymore. They're living it. They see it in their community. And they seek out the truth. So I think there is a very important realignment going on where since 2020, uh, the, the masks have really come off. You've really seen who you can trust, who you can't. And people are absolutely determined to seek the truth. And so they're going and they're finding that source themselves. And the amazing thing is, even though the media thinks they still can control so much of the narrative, uh, these media, these left-leaning leaning, uh, poll organizations, they can't hide the truth either because they're uh, projecting what's out there in close to what's actually reality of what the voters are saying. It's so divergent. I mean, you can see from January when I think things really got serious and people were looking at what was going on and to see, oh, President Trump's in the race again. He's going to come back. Uh, and they started to look at the race more seriously. I mean, you can see the poll trend lines. It is just not even a contest. I mean, President Trump, and on week after week, with policy after policy vi video, speech after speech, I mean, he's given some of the most important speeches, I think, he has no. uh, since even before, you know, when, tell he you what, compared when he was president. Hang on one second. I, I want to come back. I want to put those charts up. Uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. Liz Harrington, senior communication strategist for President Trump, is going to join us. These polling numbers are absolutely blown. I agree with you. It's kind of a convergence of many, many things. Also, we got brother Ben Harnwell is going to join us. We got a lot to catch up with Ben about about uh, the situation in Ukraine as the offensive, the spring offensive, has kicked off a barrage of missile attack in Kiev uh, by the Russians, and of course uh, in Bakhmut, uh, intense fighting. Short commercial break. Back in a moment. President Trump recently issued a warning from his home at Mar-a-Lago. And I want to quote this. Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be the greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. End quote. He did that in the interview that I had with him a couple weeks ago at his home. Now, there are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar. Inflation, deficit spending, in our insurmountable national debt. The fact is there's one asset that has withstood famine, wars, and political and economic upheaval 
dating back to biblical times. That would be gold. Gold has been a hedge against chaos from time immemorial. And you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Let me repeat that. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. Just text Bannon to 989898 for your free info kit. They'll hold your hand through the entire process. Let me repeat that. Birch Gold professionals will hold your hand through this entire process. Now think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. It always has been. How much more time does the dollar actually have? Protect your savings with gold like I did. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Text Bannon to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Text again, Bannon, to 989898. Remember, the best part is you don't pay a penny out of pocket to get this information and start the process. Do it today. Take action. In my younger days, I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you, the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? Because EnviroCleanse, advanced mineral technology, goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses, including covid EnviroCleanse is the new science in air purification, and now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com and use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com code STEVE. ekpure.com code STEVE. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com.
www.publicsquare.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skincare, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner, download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Hello, I'm Steve Stern, CEO of Flagshirt.com, a third-generation, veteran-owned small business. I believe that the American way of life is for all of us. I'm asking you today to visit Flagshirt.com. Help keep the American dream alive. Be a flag waver. Carry a nation's heritage. Use coupon code ACTION10 for 10% off site-wide and buy a flag shirt today. Action, action, action. Action, action, action. Welcome back. Make sure you get your flag shirt, particularly with Memorial Day coming up, then 4th of July. This is going to be a patriot summer as we fight the good fight every day here in the worm. Liz Harrington, uh, the numbers are just blowout numbers. And, and your point is it's the trend is your friend here. The trend is just incredible, particularly, quite frankly, and let me be brutally frank. I mean, Fox News, the Murdochs are totally in the tank for Governor Santos. And I, I believe Governor Santos has done a very good job. In, uh, in in Florida, we had Carol Swain on today to talk about the efforts he's making down there against uh, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. But like I said, he's he's not nearly ready to be president of the United States. I don't know if he'd be ready in 2028 as I see more of it. Uh, but Fox is completely in the tank for him, pressing this. Given that, these numbers are incredible. And I think that doesn't fully incorporate what we just saw of this incredible town hall. And I think for the audience to know that that Liz Harrington and Jason Miller and Stephen Chung, that comms team, to prep the president was just extraordinary and extraordinary work. So walk me through the math here, because I think we haven't done the polling on this for a while. I wanted to wait to, to you could walk people through it, ma'am. Sure, absolutely. So let's start with this morning consult poll, which really tracks almost like on a daily basis. They issue these out every single week. And again, this is not a this is not a conservative poll by any stretch of the imagination. But if you look at the trend here, certainly since January, I mean, it is a total consolidation of President Trump getting support of Republican voters. You can see the trend lines and the utter collapse of Ron DeSantis, who, as you just mentioned, had the backing of an entire news network the shadow campaign with the book tour. He's still not even an official candidate. He's out in Iowa last weekend, and yet his numbers continue to crater. And it's really interesting as well, if you, you're asking Republican voters all the time, if you go down and look at the favorability. President Trump is so high above everybody else among Republican voters. He's like at 78%. 
something that's very interesting because you've got this, you know, Ron DeSantis shadow campaign, but you've also has this media narrative propping up these other people. Look at Mike Pence's numbers. It's stunning because even with all the negativity, right, all the negative reporting, the indictment, the shams, the witch hunts against President Trump, he's sitting at 78% approval. Uh, and again, in not a conservative poll among Republican primary voters, registered voters, 20% negative, which, I mean, to me, given the amount of negative media coverage he sustained for seven years, that is incredibly low. Look at Mike Pence. Mike Pence has by and far the highest unfavorable. He's sitting at 25%. Again, these are only Republican voters. You're asking Republican voters. That to me is a direct response to him being exposed for who he really was on January 6th, right? He lied about what he was supposed to do. Uh, he betrayed what the voters wanted him to do, just send it back to the states. He totally did a bait and switch revealed himself to be a total tool for the uniparty establishment. And you have a quarter of Republican voters who, at least, I think it probably would be even higher, will not support Mike Pence. But what is the media coming out today? They're saying, Mike Pence, there's a super PAC starting for him. He's about to announce. It's completely divorced from reality. He has no support among Republican voters, which leads me to the other uh, big poll out, the tip poll, uh, that shows, again, the same consolidation support for President Trump, completely growing in recent months, uh, it's almost cracking 60%. I think it's at 55 here. Um, and everyone else is completely nobody. But if you look at this poll, it compares Joe Biden, on the other hand, who we're supposed to believe, right, got the most votes in history, he can't crack 40% with the Democrat primary. We're told there is no Democrat primary, right? Joe Biden's the incumbent. Uh, they're, they're not talking about any debates on the Democrat side, right? He, he's the nominee, and yet he cannot consolidate support. Two-thirds of Democrat voters oppose him. And yet, when you look at the Republican side, President Trump is gaining, he's going to be at two-thirds, support him. So we've got these two dueling tracks. You've got reality, where President Trump has consistently consolidated support. Uh, since January, he's consolidated support. He is on the path. He's the choice of the Republican voter. And yet on the other side, but yet they're pretending the media it's pretending that there's some sort of competitive primary going on. Oh, we need all of these debates. It's got to be hosted by Fox News, who's been propping up DeSantis this entire time. It's got to be hosted by the Reagan Library. All of these shenanigans of trying to influence the voters, and it's not working. It's having the opposite effect. People are galvanizing behind President Trump because they know he's the best choice. He's our best fighter. These are very serious times and you need a serious proven leader. And that's Donald J. Trump. So the voters are not, they're ignoring the media narrative, which has been a complete lie to say that there's a competitive primary on the Republican side and there's no primary on the Democrat side.
I, I, I want to have you back on in the next day or two, maybe not tomorrow, the next day, and we'll get some charts up because I want two other things because you've hit to the thing, the reality versus how the media is trying to craft a reality, a narrative. The other yes. things I want to go to, which is the now, because people are, a lot of people say, well, you got these national polls and Trump's spreading the field. He's at 70 versus, you know, DeSantis is in the teens. The rest of the Keebler elves roll up to 10%. So you're at 75, you're at 70, 30 or 75, 25. And this thing continues to spread. But, uh, you know, now the state, because they said, well, it's, all, it's a state election. There's all these primaries in the state. The state polls are now starting to replicate what the national polls are saying. That is a huge element here that they, so they can't hide behind that. The other is we've exactly. seen the pitch and Axios did a good job of reporting it. DeSantis's pitch in the room to the big donors is that, um, you know, as, as powerful as Trump is and has galvanized the Republican base, he can't win. I'm the only guy that can win. And you're seeing that that's starting to fall apart because Trump is matching up with Biden with all this negativity and the indictments and all this. And even last week, you know, with the phony defamation of which he's now up two or three points after that, they're coming at him in lawfare. But that argument's falling apart. The two bastions of really not just the DeSantis, but anybody but Trump is falling apart because the states are now starting to replicate the, this massive national polling. You see the momentum. And the argument, oh, well, that's okay, but he still can't beat Biden, right? He can't beat Biden, and, and, uh, and that's falling apart, as you're seeing these matchups across a wide range of polling that is not Trafalgar, it, it's not Richard Barris, it's not Gateway Pun, it's not War Room. These are all center-left uh, to centrist polls from the biggest organizations in the world. Your assessment of that, Liz, before I let you go. No, it's so good. It's such a good point, Steve. Uh, and the, this is so true. So he, a Kentucky poll just showed that President Trump's up by 56 points. I mean, these aren't close. The Iowa polls, unless they have it, you know, the Coral Rove poll, right? That's the only one that shows DeSantis, you know, even in, in the same league. He's not, unless it's a paid poll by the DeSantis people, he's not anywhere close in Iowa. There's there's no race here. I mean, and it, they're trying to push this media narrative that there is because they want to they want perception to become reality, right? They want to project their reality on the voters, but it really isn't working. Well, so no, 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 and, here, and here's why this this gets nationally this and gets back this gets that back just completely yeah. dismantle that but, argument. But the, the, there's a there's a method to their madness. The reason they want to do that, my point is, there is no primary. We're 15 or 16 months away. We must maniacally focus. Trump is the guy, but we must yes. maniacally focus on they can't steal it again. It gets back to the beginning of the question I asked you and what Natalie was talking about. The entire focus right now shouldn't be some made up thing with a couple of RNC donors and no offense, my brother Dave Bossy run around with these ridiculous ideas of these debates. The entire focus should be right now on Biden, on Trump, Biden, or Trump, wherever they put in, because I think they'll put somebody in at the end, but on the mechanisms and infrastructure to make sure it can't be stolen again. And that should be our focus. Absolutely. And that's why the media is coming up and trying to create all this other stuff. There, It is a massive misdirection play, and we have to be maniacally focused on what is the task at hand. And the task at hand couldn't be clearer. Liz, you guys are doing a incredible job. I got to tell you, the prepping of the president and then the mid-game uh, report that you guys did with the president, all of it was just incredible. And uh, I, I don't think people can give you guys a big enough hat tip because East Palestine started the pivot and then 
uh, the the CNN town hall just exploded. It's just incredible. The 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 rest of it is it's not a race right now. Liz, how do people get to you on social media? Where they where they follow you? Uh, at True Social at Real Liz USA, and you know, all the credit goes to President Trump. I mean, I knew it was going to be such a good environment for him that town hall. Get him in a room with real people and voters. The energy there, it, it's just unmatched. People, you can't help but love the guy because he just speaks so much common sense and he's just exactly the leader we need. So it, it was amazing. And he's that's the best. a huge turning point as well. He's the, he's the best he's ever been. No doubt, he's the best he's ever been. Liz Harrington, you're a hammer. Thank God you're on that campaign over there. The team they get you guys have pulled together. Chung. Jason, yourself, uh, Susie, others. It's just incredible. Thank you uh, very much, man, for being on here. Thanks, Steve. Ben Harnwell. Ben, uh, thank you for staying up. Uh, I must toss the ball to you. The spring offensive has started. A massive missile attack, it looks like. And we still haven't gotten Because remember, in this, it's all false. It's tough to pick through what's truth and what's not. Because both sides are lying. There's a massive missile t- stack in, in Kiev. We don't know if it was destroyed the Patriot missile system or if they shot down all the missiles and the pivot. At, but one thing we do know, Bakhmut now in its 11th month siege has not fallen. And it looks like uh, the Ukrainian military, which are quite fearless, may have pushed the Russians back. Give us your assessment as the spring offensive kicks off Ben Harnwell. Good evening, Steve. Well, that's a pretty uh, perfect synthesis you've already given. I'd only add that in, in, in addition to the fact that, uh, according to the Ukrainians, they are pushing the Russians further out from Bakhmut. The same sources, I think, that the, the Deputy Defence Minister, um, Deputy uh, uh, Chief of General Staff of the Ukraine, Ukrainian forces, has admitted that the Russians are actually making um, an entry uh, and strengthening their position on the eastern front of Bakhmut. So it's a bit sort of swings and roundabouts. We're never really going to know uh, how this is going to play out until one side definitively wins. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the missiles, I think uh, over the, the last 24 hours through the evening, some uh, 18 missiles were rained down from the Russians over Kiev. Um, the Ukrainians said that they shot down every single one of them. Um, including six of these hypersonic 7,000 mile per hour Kinzar missiles, which is supposed to be unstoppable. But it, as you pointed out in, in, in your introduction just now, um, the Russians themselves claim that that's not true. And one of those Kinzar missiles uh, took out a, a Patriot uh, surface air missile stack. So both sides are, are hitting the, the, the reality of the situation with their own spin and their own propaganda. I think uh, the, the, the most disconcerting thing is how the vast majority of the world's media is yet again so happy to sort of um, unthinkingly and reflectively just take the Ukrainian defense ministry's press releases and carry them as news. That's something that we're not doing here on the war room. The, um, and like I said, it's tough to ask. And one thing I can tell you, there's something in Bakhmut that I think Zelensky has made a, and I think it's a brilliant assessment, unlike the Westerners that wanted to say, no, focus on getting a combined arms operation ready for Crimea. He says, I got to hold, because they wanted him to give up Bakhmut a while ago. And he said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to hang tough on Bakhmut. What is, what is 
But for folks about this war and our funding of this war and the casualty rates in this war and the death of Ukrainian civilians, it's not simply the media. The ambassador to the U.S. from the Ukraine has been making the rounds here in New York and talking to other foreign embassies, other people. And the Washington Post, I think, broke this story today. And this is why I think it's more important forever for us to, in this in this uh, uh, um, debt debate to put our foot down about this. She's adamant. Her bottom line, it's very clear that uh, all Russian territory, all, all contested territory must be turned back to the Ukrainians, including Crimea, that the only uh, the only result where they will sit down to discuss is the full Russian removal from the Donbass, from eastern Ukraine, and from the Crimea. Given your sense of the European capitals and you're covering the news, uh, is that, because I'm hearing from Posobiec and others, that people over there are just war-weary, and this means a major conflict that will go on for years and cost hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. But she's adamant, and the, the Washington Post and New York Times are backing up here, Ben Harnwell. Well, I mean, I think what, what the Ukrainian government and Ambassador Markarova um, included it, in that they're doing is they're talking from a unified position. And that's something that you can compliment Ukrainians. Zelensky has done very well to make sure that all of his talking heads, all of his surrogates are, are saying exactly uh, the line that he himself wants to hold. But this is, the, is fundamentally a negotiating position. Um, it's delirium. Um, and they're not, I don't think they're delirious, uh, but it would be a delirium if that were their actual position. I think it is setting up a, a hard line position for negotiations around which they'll sit down and, and start to, to talk. When that comes around, and that's not going to come around until the United States says sit down and talk. Um, because you saw when um, President Zelensky quite curtly and abruptly and slammed the door in the face of the Vatican on Saturday to the, to, to the Pope, who was offering to, to mediate. There's only one reason and one reason alone that Zelensky feels confident enough to do that. And that's because he knows that this war will continue until he says the war is going to stop. And he knows this because President uh, Biden has reiterated, reiterated this position uh, on, on many, many occasions. And, and Zelensky... Um, has that, and he will continue to fight and chew through the United States resources until the United States administration says enough. Ben, how do people uh, get to you on social media? How do they find all your reporting of this, all the stories you're linking to, sir? Thank you, Steve. Um, well, it's uh, my Getter account primarily, and uh, my profile there simply <clears throat> my surname, at Harnwell. Uh, but I, I'll also make a mention of, uh, of the newsletter um, where I write a, an article um, summarising what's going on in, in Europe. That's not on my data feed. It's exclusive material and original material for the newsletter. So folks who haven't subscribed to the newsletter, they need to do that. And they can do that on warroom.org. And I've got a, an article coming out, I think, in the next edition. By the way, your, your, your exclusive content has is, is just been extraordinary. Uh, I did go over a million followers on Getter last night. Uh, I'll make sure that I, I I follow you. I'll make sure I throw you some more followers because your your site is incredible and your insights are amazing. That's why we're very very fortunate, Ben, to have you in Rome as the tip 
of the sphere of our international coverage. Thanks so much, Steve. God bless. Thank you, sir. Um, th this, the, 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 we are risking in the early years of this Third World War such a potential catastrophe. Think about it. We have never ceded to even an ally, much less a nation that's not an ally, and the Ukraine is not an ally. Uh, kind of Damocles sword over ourselves that with the long-range missiles from the British, uh, the Ukrainians' maniacal focus on getting back their territory, uh, this thing could metastasize. Uh, an offensive capability into Russia could metastasize this conflict beyond all control. And that's why this is so dangerous. And quite frankly, that's why the funding's got to be cut off, not just for the debt ceiling negotiations. It's got to be cut off immediately. Okay, we're going to be back at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. A couple of things. Make sure you go to birchgold.com. Get yourself, you're the head of the creditors committee, make sure you're fully up to speed on everything that's going on. Birchgold.com slash Bannon gets you the end of the dollar empire. It also gets you access to the, uh, to the Birch Gold team. You talk to Philip Patrick, find out why the central banks are buying more gold than ever. Find out why the BRICS, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and the rest of the developing nations, why are they going, buying so much gold and almost going to gold back uh, currencies. Check it all out today. See how precious metals fits into your personal retirement plan, either 401k or IRA, but check it out today. We're going to be back at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. It's going to be absolutely insane. Make sure, uh, come back to Getter. We're going to be putting up the Tim Pool Show. We'll have a live chat going on as our own Natalie Winters goes out to Harper Ferry to sit down with Tim and his incredible team out there. We'll be back up with uh, Natalie Winters on the Tim Pool Show, and then we'll see you back there live tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. when we will be in the war room. For war room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize 
that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 